The editorial that I'm going to read that I had written comes from Volume 46, Issue 13, published on January 9th, 2012. The editorial is titled, When I was 17, and the subheading is, or maybe more like 21. In my first year of working at Arthur, a common response to the question, oh yeah, where do you work, was, well that's too bad. I could summarize and put it simply that my friends are assholes, and they just don't get it, but I won't give them that satisfaction. The truth is, even though the student press is mostly funded by the majority of students at Trent, there is a misconception that we are a skewed lot who are only out for our own gains. The opinion has been passed down for many generations of upset persons who believe that the paper is doing a bad job informing the public, or that they shouldn't have to pay for something that they don't read. Due to those and other varying reasons, there's been counter-Arthur or alternative-to-Arthur initiatives on Trent campuses since the early 1970s. The original being called The Sword, and a variety of establishments have happened after this, including the absinthe and the nose. The history of the student population's distaste towards Arthur was what immediately drove me to hold the position I have now. I personally believe that the creativity in the letters to the editors we have received in these past years go beyond interesting to a point of hilarity. This probably goes to prove why my favorite modern play is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and why I don't go overboard when I hear my friends continue to insult the place I work for and run. Notably, they have been nice enough to stop throwing out the papers in mass quantity, and they have agreed to only recycle if they ever feel the need to throw out a few for old time's sake. The ultimate truth I have for you, dear Arthur reader, is that I love this place with all its flaws, because I don't know a better place at Trent to meet a wide variety of people from all walks of life. It sounds weird. Maybe a little bit self-loving, but I have never meant it more than I do today. So for this reason, the staff at Arthur and I have lovingly crafted you this mixtape, a mixture of old articles and a few renewed ones from this past year's biggest stories. I signed our name with X's and O's on the cover, I sealed it with a kiss, and I sprayed it with my rose petal and lavender perfume. I wrote you little sidebars, words of encouragement, and historical facts. I even took the time to dust off some political cartoons for you and put them in the middle of the paper. Does that all sound great to you? Well, good, because I want you to work here too. Look at the bottom of the page, Bring your opinions and your sense of humor. I hope you like it, and welcome back. So this editorial was written in a specific paper where we did a retro rewind of Arthur, including clips from old Arthurs and um, stories that we had started writing in the Sierra. And I specifically chose this editorial because it was the first one that I wrote as the editor-in-chief. A lot of times Arthur will have editors that don't make it for the full year. And I was one of the unlucky few who lost my co-editor halfway through the year. As I recall, though it had been a long time ago, the nose was actually a zine that started that year, specifically in counter to what we were writing in the paper. And it was actually made by only one person, a specific person who was frustrated whenever we didn't publish exactly what they said and exactly how they said it. But despite all that, I decided to write this editorial and I decided to compose a paper made out of old papers as kind of a love letter to Arthur and what Arthur meant for me. 
I think Arthur is very important overall. And I really think that when faced with adversity, it's really important to go straight at the thing that people question. And I really think that in times of adversity, Arthur succeeded almost better than they would have if not being questioned, if not being disliked. So I encourage you, if you are the editor of Arthur, and I encourage you, if you're a student at Trent, to actually write letters to the editor this year. Tell them how you're thinking, because I think that's the reason why I stuck around for so long, because that conversation is not something that we can do online. It's not something that we can do in the modern world. And I think it's neat. And I think that's the reason why Arthur is so important to me is because I could see it from everybody's perspective and it was so nice to work in a place that had so many opinions being gathered about it and so many people bringing their own new opinions to me on a daily basis which is probably the reason why I decided to teach teenagers ultimately. Question number one asks if you could give one piece of advice to a rookie reporter what would it be? My piece of advice for any rookie reporter is before you start any interview, acknowledge your own bias and your own beliefs going into that interview. A simple way to do this is to reflect on your own opinion when you're crafting the questions that you're going to be asking in your interview. The reason why I believe that is one of the most common faults in any news article is to specifically choose a topic that you're so passionate about that you're interviewing people that are similar-minded to you, and then it becomes a very stagnant, one-dimensional article. Additionally, on the opposite side of that, you might risk specifically interviewing somebody that you know in your mind to be opposite of your opinion. And when you're interviewing somebody that has the opposite opinion of you, what you might end up doing is writing quotes from your interview and then spending the rest of the article essentially explaining why this person is wrong or flawed in the way that they are thinking. Although I'll acknowledge that sometimes you have to interview somebody with the same opinion of you or maybe you also have to interview somebody with the opposite opinion of you, I think it's going to happen either way. But if you acknowledge your own bias, you might decide to find somebody that might give a different opinion other than those two sides of the opinion, because those are the most valuable interviews that you're going to have as a reporter. A lot of my time spent at Arthur was spent defending the fact that a lot of the students that were writing during that time had these implicit biases that were coming forward in the articles that they were sending to me. And I think that the reason why people were struggling, obviously, is because the student levy is being paid by the students and every single article that comes in is not going to reflect their own personal moral code. Especially if it was left-leaning, the articles seem to be only targeting a certain subset of students. And that was a little bit isolating for students that maybe didn't feel confident enough in writing for the paper. But I don't think that bias is inherently a bad thing. I honestly think that bias is necessary in order to write for Arthur or any other newspaper. I think the eternal flaw of modern journalism is the fact that a lot of times we assume that they are writing without any inherent bias. But the reality is everybody has their own bias. And the beauty of writing for Arthur is the fact that the advertisements aren't dictating how we write the paper. No matter what, we do have that levy. Um, and because of that levy, we have the ability to make the paper what we want it to be. So unlike the local newspapers that exist in Peterborough, if you write for Arthur, you get the opportunity to express things without worrying, will so-and-so stop sending in advertisements? Are we going to isolate um, specific 
sections of the community. And so it gives us the opportunity to fight against problems that exist within our cultures. Student newspapers are known for having controversial opinions. And so it's really important that you know your bias ahead of time because your bias will help us be informed as to what perspectives are coming to the table. And it's more transparent and it's exactly what student media needs to be, transparent. The second question asks, what's your favorite Trent or Peterborough myth or legend? There's only one that comes to mind. I would say the ghost that lives in the Liflocks would definitely be my number one favorite myth. The ghost that lives in the Liflocks isn't really told to me in any sort of detailed way, so there's not like, there's not a big backstory to it at all. But I definitely think that it is interesting for people to know that there's a small subset of Peterborough people that believe that if you drive to the Liflock, uh, you have to honk the horn or else the, the ghosts will haunt you. So make sure you keep that in mind if you ever drive through the Liflock. Question three asks, how did your time at Arthur impact your career and life choices? Did it? When I applied to work at Arthur, I, I was an English major, second year. I decided not to get a job first year and just focus on my studies because I didn't know if I could handle university studies. And so what I ended up doing was applying to be a writer and then getting an email shortly thereafter saying, hey, you have additional skills. Would you like to work for Arthur in a different capacity? And of course, it wasn't my first choice, but I definitely still needed a job. So I ended up working as the design and layout person prior to becoming the editor. And so I got a good grasp of what it was like to be a news reporter, uh, what, was a, what it was like to be an editor for the paper and for any paper. And honestly, it gave me a perspective because at that point there was a business manager. And so I knew a lot to do with the business side of things as well. I knew that I still wanted to be a teacher. That's why I went back to university in the first place after going to college. But Arthur gave me something completely different than a typical university job. Arthur gave me access to a giant group of people who were politically minded, who were in touch with what was going on in Canada and the policies that were being shaped in Canada and everything to do with the politics in Canada. And I've essentially taken that information and applied that to my life. There's an editorial that I wrote in my year of being an editor. It was a point form list of things that were going on in the news that I wanted to specifically talk about because I knew that I would be away for a while. And one of the things in that list was Attawapiskat, which was one of the places that I ended up teaching and one of the places that I gained my understanding and knowledge of teaching. Arthur also provided me with a small group of friends that have been the most dedicated and committed group of people in my life. And ultimately, Arthur taught me a lot of things outside of the stuff that you would normally say in an interview. It taught me how to be in charge of a group of people. It taught me how to take myself seriously when I needed to. But it also taught me how to take the positivity and forward motion of a group of people and apply it to real-world situations. And what I mean by that is, working at Arthur showed me that if you have enough dedicated, passionate people who care about the world, who care about how to exist in society in a better and more practical way, then essentially you can do anything. I know it sounds cheesy, but working with Arthur was different than a typical campus job or a job that I had working retail prior to. Arthur can be as crazy as a every single day protest where all the best people in the world come together and unite against a specific cause 
and fight for that cause and for a just world. But it can also be a middle-of-the-night 3 a.m. dance party on the last day prior to the paper being due. Arthur is the narrative that you choose to write and the editorials that you choose to write as an editor. And also, Arthur is exactly what the students want at the time that it's being written, which is beautiful and it encapsulates literally everything that I believe in in reference to Arthur. And in 10 years time, Arthur is your piece of history, however you choose to write it, however you choose to interpret it. And so Arthur made me into a different person today, definitely. Even if I didn't become an editor for a paper, it taught me how to be a person in some deep philosophical ways, sure, but also how to not be living life with my eyes closed. Question four asks, what song did you choose and why? The song I chose to represent my time at Arthur is Out by the Trees by The Expressing Co. There are two reasons why I decided that this would be the perfect song to represent me and my time at Arthur. One of those reasons is because the person who ran that band, Dylan Ireland, for the very longest time during my entirety of being at Arthur, was um, a musician in the area and also somebody that I went to school with, uh, not in the same grade, but in the same area and same schools as I did. And the other reason is because Matt Jarvis, one of the former editors of Arthur, wrote a review specifically of the self-titled EP, The Express and Company. And it was the first review that was in all of the different reviews that were in my paper or during my year at Arthur. And I'm going to read to you that review right now. Country music has its roots in Peterborough. I mean this in both the party in the back, cowboy barfing outside in the Montreal house, and the politely paying banjo at the farmer's market ways. And while I'm not the only one to debase the occasional spiritual purging, the timber of the following group can be deduced through the fact that a member actually does play the banjo, politely, at the farmer's market every Saturday on Lansdowne Street. Dylan Ireland and the Expressing Company have managed to evoke the wide open spaces and dusty highways we associate with the genre while keeping the perspective through contemporary lyrical imagery. On the band's 2011 self-titled EP, all this is accomplished in a sad tip of the hat before I turn and walk away kind of way. While the band does not offer anything wildly new, their sound is comfortable enough that it won't matter to most. Give this a listen if you used to like Cuff the Duke before they abandoned prettiness for whatever it is they do now. I chose a song for a reason that you probably won't fully understand now unless you've been in Peterborough for a little while. And maybe it's only my personal experience. But I think one of the beautiful things about living in Peterborough and existing in Peterborough for so long is how often things go full circle. Maybe it's the person that lives down the street from you that you don't have a connection with until three or four years later when you meet them for the first time. Maybe it's the guy at the bar who always gives you a polite nod every time you walk by each other, but you never truly say hello. Or maybe in my specific example, when I went to South Korea, somebody that I was randomly introduced to as being from Peterborough in the small town I was teaching there. Peterborough always has a way of coming back to you, even if you don't still live there. And I think that the song represents that for me. It represents my humble beginnings as a country kid. And it also represents the fact that music exists outside of the current moment that you lived in. 
and it can kind of remind you of times that you've spent together. And that's what this song does for me.